0: All right, hey, open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of uh, Hebrews, and we continue in our study of Hebrews. We're in chapter 4, excuse me, chapter 11, verse 4, chapter 11, verse 4, and we just have one verse we're looking at today, chapter 11, verse 4. If you're visiting, I'll just let you know we started in chapter 1, verse 1. We have worked all our way through. And um, that's kind of how we do it in this class. We work through books of the Bible expositionally. Here we are. This is God's Word. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Let's pray one more time. Father... May the truth be spoken and received here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this uh, chapter uh, of Hebrews, chapter 11, has been often called the Hall of Fame of Faith. Have you ever heard that before? The Hall of Fame of Faith, or people say the heroes of the Christian faith or whatever. And uh, I've never really liked that uh, title. Uh, first of all, it's been grossly overused. Many a church sign has used it um, preachers like to sell it. Oh, don't forget, we're in the Hall of Fame. It's just a series promoter kind of a thing. So I hate the cliched, as you know, so I don't like it for that reason. But secondly, um, when we think of a Hall of Fame, we usually think of people who have... uh, personally, accomplished things, right? So uh, you know, if you're awesome at baseball, you get in the baseball hall of fame. If you're awesome at rock and roll, you get in the awesome uh, the rock and roll hall of fame. And it, so it speaks to personal accomplishment, which is exactly opposite of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm not crazy about the term for that reason. And thirdly, I'm not crazy about the term hall of fame of faith because it misses the flow and thrust of the scriptures here. I believe. Uh, look at verse four. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice. Look at verse um, 5. By faith, Enoch was taken up. Verse 8, by faith... Abraham, verse 20, by faith, Isaac, Um, look at um, verse 21, by faith, Jacob, verse 22, by faith, Joseph, Uh, by faith, Moses. Do you get the sense that the focal point is not the extraordinary, perfect lives, in fact, anything but perfect? These are all struggling people like you and me, uh, sinners who are redeemed, but sinners who still struggle and don't have perfect lives and don't always make the perfect decisions. But do you get that the the point is not uh, some kind of uh, canon, some list of of people to which we should um, aspire so much, but rather a particular kind of faith. By faith, this person. By faith, this person. That seems to be the flow of the text. So I believe that the point is uh, something like this. If we were to walk away with a main idea, I would do this. There are only two kinds of people. There are two eternal standings per the Scriptures, only two. Ready faith or rebellious unbelief? Only two kinds of people. Only two situations. (coughs) Excuse me. Ready faith (coughs) or rebellious unbelief? Let's go to our first point. Faith. Oh, gosh, I misspelled acceptable. That's that's unacceptable. (laughs) Faith activates acceptable worship. Let's look at verse 4. By faith. Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Now, we could stop there. Oh, thank you very much. Have you done something to this? Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm. Ruby, thank you. Did your cough drop fall on that? Hey, thank you, Ron. Um, it's so easy to stumble over that first part of that verse. By faith, Abel offered to God. Just that statement. We go, oh, yeah, well, so whatever. You know, that's great. Faith, off, you know, he offered something to, to God, this able guy. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, um, let, let's not race over that in, a, in an attempt to look for something that's deep. We want something deep. Let's get past this stuff and get to something deep. I mean, th- this, is, this is stunning. Um, anything that can be offered by us to God is a supernatural thing. I mean, amazing thing number one is that we're interested in God. No, amazing thing number one is that God's interested in us. Amazing thing number two is that we're interested in God. Those are amazing things. Those are supernatural things. Um, All of that is contained in the first part of verse four, but let's read on. Um, By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Now, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, um, all the theological brainies uh, kick into high gear. Um, they they about this accepted gift of Abel and the rejection of of uh, the gift of Cain. All right, and you probably have some uh, preconceived uh, notions and and people will go, well, you know, uh, uh, concerning the sacrifice uh, <coughs> that uh, Abel brought that was acceptable and the one that Cain brought that was unacceptable. I've always heard this and I've always thought this and I heard my preacher told me this and uh, and uh, well, I, it's it's this. But what about this? You got all these things that you're thinking about. Um, what I've I've read. All different kinds of sides. And what I would love for us to do is go, you know what? What do the scriptures give us? What, what do the scriptures give us rather than what I've always heard or what some preacher always told me? So let me give you a, a, a rattle off a common um, analysis of the gift that Abel brought and the gift that Cain brought. Here's what, here's what people normally say. Some people would say, you've got old historians and old theologians and so on, they would say something like this. They would go, okay, well, um, Abel's offering was living, right? He offered this acceptable sacrifice, and, and um, he, he offered the, the, this, uh, this uh, sacrificed animal, and uh, Cain offered the fruits of the land, and so one was living, one wasn't living, and so one was better than the other. That's, that's how the, the logic goes. Somebody else might say, uh, Abel's offering, since it was a piece of livestock, took longer to grow, took a greater investment, um, was, was, was harder. And speaking of harder, others will say that uh, ranching is um, harder than agriculture. And, uh, you know, I, I, did anybody here grow up on a farm? I didn't, but um, both jobs seem like they're super tough. I mean, feeding the pigs and the cows and all the stuff and then plowing the land and then harvesting and all that. I mean, those are r- tough occupations, those are hard-working jobs. And so I think a lot of times when the people go, well, you know, raising the livestock was so much uh, harder than uh, the agriculture, I'm not sure that that's true at all. Uh, I think it's kind of a throwaway. And one more common view is this, the, the most common view, is what I'm getting at, is this. That Abel's offering was a blood offering, and Cain's offering was not a blood offering. It was an offering of the fruit of the ground. Most of you have heard that if you've been around the Christian faith, right? And you heard it just preached authoritatively. And I can show you, I mean, Tammy will tell you, I've read a a stack of books on this, and one guy will build his whole chapter on that one thing and, and just talk about, you know, the, the cherubim and, and the mercy seat and, and uh, it's, it's rich and wonderful, and yes, I, I, I get it. Um, and, and listen, in my little uh, Reformed theological sphere, I, 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 we love systematic theology, and the more system, the better. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the more it fits into a covenantal viewpoint, the, the better. Um, and so the explanation goes something like this. Well, Adam and Eve sinned, and God made a covering for them. Okay, that happened in the Scriptures, right? God made a covering for him. It's true. The Lord uh, God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them. And, of course, to get garments of skin from an animal means he had to kill the animal to get the skin. All right? And so people will say this. They'll say, oh, well, Romans 12, 5. They'll go, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all men sinned. And um And so the the preaching goes like this, well, Adam and Eve, uh, these animals were killed, and it's the first time there was ever death. You've heard that before, right? First time there was ever death, these animals were killed, these these animals were skinned, God covered them, and oh, to their horror, they see death for the first time. And um, I don't think that's a right use of Romans Um, 5.12. For instance, um, were, were those animals the first things ever to die? I don't know, did fish eat other fish? If you get a yam out of the ground, don't you have to yank it out of the ground and kill it? Don't leaves die and fall? I mean, don't, don't plants uh, turn into vegetation and they turns into mulch and it turns into uh, the, the, the forest floor? And I mean, there are all kinds of evidences. What about the whole microorganism world that you can't even see? Um, things are consuming each other all the time and life is built upon life, is built upon life. And so I don't think the Romans five twelve verse applies here. So again, my theological circles want to go from uh, skins made for Adam and Eve to Abel's blood offering, Um, and some even say that it's inferred... This just blows my mind. Some even say that it was inferred that uh, the, the gate of the garden where the cherubim had the flaming sword was a place of worship, and it was kind of like a proto-temple situation. I mean, it's really, you can just, you can dream up all kinds of things, but what, what I need to do is go, what is this telling us? I mean, I, I, we, we can, I love it when the puzzle pieces fit together, and I love it we can go, we can go yay, theology. You know, there's, I, I love when there's congruity uh, in God's Word and so on. But, but uh, friends, listen to this. Here's what one commentator said. He goes. Um, he goes. Um, this, uh, you know, Cain's, uh, Abel's gift and so on, uh, honoring God with the wealth and first uh, and so on. He says um, was in accord with the later directives of God. Well, does that make any sense to you? That sounds like the most cuckoo thing anybody's ever heard. It was in in accord. Um, Abel's actions were were in accord with the future things that God would say, but he didn't say them yet. I mean, that we know in the Scriptures? I don't know. It just seems to me that that can turn really cuckoo uh, real fast. And I want to be on the theological team and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, um, oh, I think I got it printed in here. I do. Listen to this. This is from Isaiah 1, where God says, I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, uh, who is required of you, this trampling of my cords? Bring me no more vain offerings. I hate your incense. I don't like your celebrations and so on. Uh, They're a burden to me. I'm weary of them. When you spread out your hands, you know, to worship, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen." So, ladies and gentlemen, I think we can walk away from, especially that passage in Isaiah, and go, you know, a a type of offering um, is not kryptonite to God. What God does is he looks on the heart. He always has. And so, back to this passage in Hebrews. Uh, What made this sacrifice acceptable to God? The Scriptures tell us. Verse 4. By faith. Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Now, listen, that speaks to what the sacrifice is, I'm sure. It has something to do. I mean, God accepted it. It was a a righteous thing. But what do the Scriptures want to point out to us? It's very clear that the issue is a matter of faith. God looks on the heart. You know what Jesus said? He said this in Matthew. He, He talked about the blood of Abel, the righteous, you know, it's a faith that results in righteousness. Um, the Apostle John says this of Cain, because, of his, uh, because his own deeds were evil. Oh, he says this of, um, yeah, he says this of Cain. His deeds were evil, but his brother's deeds were righteous. Again, that word righteous shows up. All right, so an application for your life is this, friends, that God looks on the heart. He has always looked on the heart. The issue is faith unto Righteousness and life. What made Cain's, excuse me, what made Abel's offering acceptable is that he came in submissive faith, in obedient faith, faith unto righteousness. And so, if you put yourself on this side of the cross, here we are on this side of the cross, looking back on the cross, what are we putting our faith in? The promise of God. The, the promise that, that the Christ came from heaven to earth, took upon himself a human nature, lived a perfect life, the life we couldn't live, he lays it down. That's what we put our faith in, that this God-man has come to earth to save us. Now, on, on the other side of the cross, they look forward to God's promises, but the whole point in all this, ladies and gentlemen, is simply this. God is approachable only on his own terms. Hey. God is approachable only on his own terms. Um, You either surrender yourself to that or you resist it with all you are at the core of your being. Uh, That's the point here. Um, You surrender yourself or you you resist. Only two kinds of people. All right, uh, next point. Faith is the means... Of righteousness. That's kind of keeping in what we were just talking about. With, um, you know, it was printed on the front of the bulletin for years at Grace Van here. Back, you know, we, we have these uh, bulletin shells printed up, and we get them in just boxes and boxes, and then we put the day to day stuff here and print them here. Okay, so the fancy colory stuff, the shell is printed, and on those shells for years and years and years. You know, it was printed on there. This verse, uh, Galatians two sixteen. We know. That a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. That was on the front page of the bulletin. I, I rather like that. So that if a, a visitor came in and they thought, well, you know, I hadn't been in church in a long time. <laughs> and uh, really, I finally, it's in 2016, I'm going to get my life together, get my, right, myself right with God. And hopefully when I croak, uh, it'll be enough. No, no, no. We know that a person is not justified, not guilty before God. By works of the law, by working at it, by doing at it, by trying to be good enough. No, no, no. A man is justified by faith, believing the promise of God, believing what was provided for that person, that man or woman. All right. Now, look, that's not a New Testament invention, justification by faith alone. Not a New Testament invention. Not only does Abraham believe God, and it's reckoned to him as righteousness. He believes God. That's an exercise of faith. That's the whole issue. Faith, it's reckoned to him as righteousness. You know, reckoned, you know, that's a kind of a Jeth- uh, Jethro uh, Clampett uh, kind of a term, you know, I reckon. Um, but, you know, it's been reckoned to, uh, to, have, to have something reckoned to your account is to have somebody go to your bank and put money in it. That's been reckoned to your account. The, you know, the bank doesn't care where it comes from. They just, they're just glad it's there. And when it's in your account, they're like, that's the money associated with you, your name. It's been reckoned to your account. That's what that means. Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to his account, credited to his account. Look at Abel here. In verse 4, it says, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. It's the same thing. He's commended as righteous. It's reckoned as righteous, credited to him as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And, and, and that, that's how it's qualified. God accepts the gifts. Now, right there, crushes all the ridiculous arguments for being sincere and traveling around the world and seeing all the sincere people all over the world. Uh, doesn't everybody have a shot at their own way to God? No, the answer is no. There's one way, there's one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. There's one way, there's one truth, there's one life. That's the exclusive claim of the gospel. And uh, what about good intentions? Forget about it. What about searches and quests and, and all the multicolored garb that people wear all over the world in their search for truth? No, ladies and gentlemen. It is by grace through faith in the means that God provided for you to be received by him. The whole issue is he was commended as righteousness and it's proved that God commended him by accepting his gifts. God counted him as righteous. He was a believer. Uh, Application for your life. You know, um, we know um, that we are redeemed because God accepts us. You know, in, in uh, Jesus' sermon uh, in Matthew 7, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. All right? So it's faith flushing itself out in obedience. But uh, many will say, Lord, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, yes, well, I just uh, thought you were fantastic, and uh, my religion recognized you and thought you were a super great guy. You know, not what you said in here or anything like that, uh, crazy, but, uh, you know, we, we just thumbs up, Jesus. Oh, I prayed a prayer when I was at camp. Um, you know, sure, I, I, you know, developed a big Ponzi scheme and I'm in jail right now, but, uh, but, you know, I prayed a prayer when I was at camp, and so that makes everything great. No, ladies and gentlemen, um, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to be received by God. Now, here's a great thing, friends. Um... Do you have a desire to be close to God, do you? do you have a desire for holy things you know um in um the service in just a minute yeah yeah you're going to be it's it's i think it's the last song we sing um there is a fountain filled with blood and uh it it's this it's this great um, celebratory verse that we are saved to sin no more. Be saved to sin no more. And Dr. Young even prayed that right after it was over, oh, that we're going to be sinning no more. I mean, does that sound good to you? Do you long for that in your own life? Well, you know what that is? That's a testimony of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's reality in your life. It, the, the, and, and it is a testimony of God accepting you that you're interested in these things. It's, it's amazing that God's interested in us, but it's amazing that we're interested in him and he receives us here in this life forever, but here in the now too, ladies and gentlemen, as, as, as uh, testified by the, the, the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. All right, last point. Faith bears an enduring witness. Uh, verse four again, uh, let me flip there. By faith... Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And here it is. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Friends, your life speaks too, doesn't it? Can I ask you a question? And I really am throwing this out to the room. Um, how does your life speak? You know, I, I came back... Uh, from the, the gym, the workout facility, and um, there was a big, giant guy in there, big, tall, giant, heavy guy, and he had been on that elliptical, and I was behind him on the, the bike, you know. Well, actually, I, I always have a phone out, so people make fun of me because I'm always like that, but uh, um, there was this big, giant guy, and he was on the, on the treadmill, and I mean, he was giant. He was giant, like 400 pounds giant, and uh, he got off, and uh, I told this to Sammy when, when I, I went after him, I said, hey. I said, man, I just want to encourage you. I showed him the scars on my knees. I said, don't let this happen to you because it really hurts. Uh, I had a double knee replacement in case you're visiting. A double knee replacement. And I said, you know, I've been a fat guy. I've been a thin guy. I'm a fat guy again, and I'd like to be a thin guy. I said, but man, I just encourage you to stay with it. And he said, man, I've already lost 25 pounds. I got on the scale for the first time in years, and I was over 400 pounds. And uh, anyway nice guy. His name's Josh. And so I'm going to see Josh from time to time, hopefully. And and I've made some kind of little connection. But, you know, why am I doing that? I mean, I'd like to, I want to help Josh. I've, I've, I've tried where he's tried. But why am I really doing that, ladies and gentlemen? I'm really doing that because maybe there's a gospel connection. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's a Christian. I don't know. But it's a rare opportunity for me to be out somewhere and make some kind of gospel connection. You know why? Because I work at a church. And uh, we all wave to each other in the hall. Hi, redeemed pastor. Hi, other redeemed pastor. We're all redeemed. Oh, the redeemed are here. Hi, redeemed people. Oh, ha, 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 ha. And so we just have this... It's this strange thing. You know, what, you know what we're supposed to be doing per, per um, the book of uh, Ephesians? We're supposed to be um, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what we're, I'm supposed to be doing is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. I'm not the professional clergyman who does all the work and you just plop down and show up every once in a while, listen to some stuff, and then go home again. No, you are to be equipped for the work of the ministry. You know why? Because you're the ones out there. It's weird for me to be at the gym talking to some guy. But it's not weird for you to be at your job or to be with your neighbors or to be with other parents as you cart kids around and and sporting events and stuff like that. That, That's what you're supposed to be doing. So I guess I'm asking you this question. How do you speak? How does your faith speak? Anybody want to throw something out there? I bet you don't because I answered it pretty much. (laughs) All right, that's all right. Uh, But that's how you speak, right? I mean, you make connections. You, you have a, on the front of your mind, you think, gospel, 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 gospel. I don't want to ram it down somebody's throat. I don't want to sell it to them because I can't. I don't want to get more people for our team. Yay, Christian religion team. I don't care about any of that. I care about um, souls that need Christ. Anyway, that's how we should move. Our, our sharing of Christ with the world um, should come from our eager worship like Abel, um, and our um, righteous behavior and offerings. All right, last thing, and um, I'm gonna use this to share the gospel with you and to kind of bring it round to our whole, whole main point here. Um, but anybody see the Golden Globes the other night? Uh, it was last Sunday night. The Golden Globes, okay. Well, you know, I've told you before, we feel like we have to watch these award shows, and uh, so we we tape them, record them, and then uh, when it's like, Sally Johnson, blah, blah, all these producers and stuff, it's like, (laughs) commercials and speeches, we just go over them. Um, But anyway, Jim Carrey. Uh, came out. And you know, Jim Carrey's uh, uh, girlfriend committed suicide uh, not long ago, six months or a year ago. Really, it was his first appearance since uh, her death, and he's probably done some processing. But uh, anyway, let's take a look at this. What do I do? Know- that's legitimately funny. And, um, but you know, and you know, you know, I, I watched that and I almost thought, man, that is fertile soil right there. I mean, oh, brother, guy, man, person, receive the gospel, receive the Lord of glory. I mean, we, this has exactly what you're articulating, what you're looking for. But um, that, that, that term that he uses, then it would be enough. Um, that's really the, the crux of it, isn't it? Uh, people look at their lives and they go, what's, you know, I have ultimate questions. What's going what's gonna to be enough? What's going to finally satisfy me? Oh, I got this thing, now there's the next thing. And now I got this thing, what's the next thing? Oh, you mean I have $1.5 billion? I feel like a real schlub next to the $20 billion guy. What's finally enough? What's going to satisfy? What's going to fulfill? And concerning our relationship with this God, what's enough? How, how, how many good works are good works enough? The answer is none. You can't do it. Any transgression blocks you for an eternity from this God who is holy, holy, holy. Any transgression. So what's enough for you? What's enough for you is what God provided for you. What's enough for you is the righteousness of God that's been given to you in the the person of the Son of God who took on a human nature and laid his life down and died for you. That's what's enough for you. And nothing else can be added to it. Uh, If you want fulfillment, um, if you want to, um, if you want to know what's beyond this life, what will uh, grant you what your soul is looking for ultimately, then the answer is: come to the Christ by faith. It is by faith, ladies and gentlemen. There's only two kinds of people. Um, Oops. Oh snap! That's no good. Only two kinds of people. Uh, Two kinds of people. The person who has Christ, the person who needs Christ, the person who submits uh, joyfully and worshipfully, and the person who resists. So come to Christ, uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord, um, rebels, uh, we were, every one of us, and uh, needers of salvation, every every one of us were, were that. And we thank you that you provided a way unto yourself in Jesus Christ. It's the perfect way. It's the only way. He's the Savior. And uh, we were a people who needed saving. So, my prayer is, Lord, that you would take my stumbling and bumbling and um, make sense of it, Lord. If uh, something's um, not true, let it fall away. But if it is true, Father, would you just penetrate souls and grip your people and uh, cause us to be a people whose faith is fleshed out in um, in righteousness, um, good and godly deeds? We pray it for Christ's glory. Amen. Thanks, everybody.